Today's conversation is a continuation from our last episode with Jennifer Seuss. We're focusing on strengths-based parenting. Welcome to Obey Your Strengths with Gallup Certified Strengths Coach, Kathy Kirsten. This is part two with my guest, Jennifer Seuss, who is a marriage and family therapist. This is a continuation of our conversation from episode three of season two. So Jen, let's talk about strength-based parenting a little bit. This is something that you and I have shared many a conversation yes, we over have. lunch yes. or wine or whatnot, right? Oh, so that we're passionate yeah. about this. And let me just claim that you are an expert and I am not. Well, let's say I'm a professional. I'm not an <laughs> Well, I'm just a coach of teams. I'm a team maximizer. That, I say that because I am a mom. I'm still raising my own children. So, okay. uh, you know. Yes. Which means we're all in the weeds all the time because none of us really know what we're doing. Yes. We're trying to figure it out as we go. And thank you for saying that to me continuously because something about my strength set mm-hmm. loves to think that there is the right answer, the perfect answer. Yep. And I love that you give me permission to be in discovery mode. Yes. About what's the right thing for I, each kid. I do think that's a very healthy perspective to have on the parenting journey. Yes. Um, because you could talk to someone that's raised three or four children and they've got another one coming up and what will they say every time, every time, every one I've ever talked to, this one's different, yep. right? Because so totally. even if you have a lot of parenting experience, generally, you've never raised this kid at this age in this particular circumstance ever before. That's so true. In that's some true. ways, it's always new all the time and we're just trying to do the best we can. Ah, yes. Okay. And, and, and strengths can help us do that. Absolutely. Right. So, and, and there's a part of this that's very countercultural in that focusing on what's great about our kids. I think this is more, more accepted now than it is when we were growing up. Absolutely. But in general, it's not, we tend to focus on raising well-rounded children. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. have hopes and dreams for our kids and we want to get them in those directions and in those swim lanes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at my project manager. But <laughs> those kids in that swim lane, you know, like, no, <laughs> it's about getting them to where we want them to go or, you know, in the path of success. Um, but really is based on what they're doing best, which is hardwired in them. Yes. And it's really not necessarily about well-roundedness. No, no, I don't think it is. I don't think that's, um, you know, a healthy approach long-term for, yeah. for our kids. I will say, so here's the, here's the asterisk sort of to this conversation is that, from a psychological standpoint, brain development isn't really finished until they're in their mid twenties. So it's, it's much later than even I think people think. Yes. And so you do want to make sure that you continue to reintroduce and continue to give opportunity to kids throughout that whole developmental phase. So we're certainly not saying here that if at age six, you know, they seem to not be good at math, that you should just discard all hopes of them ever doing math, right? Because it's not their strength. No, of course, that's not that's not where we're going with this. They have to do what they have to do in order to get through school and, you know, be educated and be functional. And, right. and, and we accept that. It's much more about, you know, the study and the example that Gallup gives about, you know, you hand a report card to parents and it's got all A's and B's on it and one F and you ask parents, where are you going to focus all of your time and attention? And what do the parents always say, right? The F. On the F. We're getting 77% tutors, of right? parents focus <laughs> right. on the lowest degree of the report card. That's right. Yeah. And so I think when we talk about strengths, 
strengths-based parenting, we're not saying ignore the F. We're not saying don't pay attention to it. We're just trying to remind people and, and put the message out there that, yeah, you handle the F, you manage the F, you do what you need to do with the F, and then you get back to the A's and the B's as quickly as you possibly can, because that's where the natural talent and the natural strength is, and you want to give as much opportunity to develop that as possible. That's right. And, and it is a little counter to, I think, how we were raised, which is important because we're raising these kids. Right. <laughs> so for us, it's a, you know, how do we do it differently than our own experience was? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, one where I have started with in my motherhood journey, now I have three kids. Mm-hmm. They're 10, 7, and 4. Tell mm-hmm. us how old your kids are. So I have a 13, by the time this airs, he'll be 13. His birthday is right around the corner. (laughs) So I have a 13-year-old and a nine, almost 10-year-old boys. You're entering the teen Oh, yes. We are right on the the edge. Wow. Wow. My favorite. I'm so excited. (laughs) I love love teen. I love teenagers. (laughs) That's how I think I'm going to be, too. You know, I I really love these little squishy people, like when they're like babies and huggy and loveliness. Oh, yeah. but I can't wait to do stuff like yeah. real stuff. stuff. Like let's go get in a kayak and let's yes. go find a river and, you know, like yeah. jump in right now. That's just way too much Absolutely. risk. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was not a baby person. I'm, I don't really care for the baby stage. Toddlers, I survived. Five was primo. Like that's honestly my favorite childhood age is five. I think Aww. it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And then once they weren't five anymore, I feel like I'm just waiting for them to be teenagers. <laughs> I love it. Well, in my journey, you know, I'm only 10 years into this parenthood journey. Like, mm-hmm. It's really become apparent how the role I play as mother is very influenced by my strengths. And it doesn't look anything like the way I am. My strengths come to life in my job as a coach mm-hmm. or my job as a leader or a manager. I mean, it's very unique to the motherhood mm-hmm. role mm-hmm. in me. And yeah. so whenever I am exploring, you know, my performance as a mother, listen. Yes, to me. Yeah. Listen to like, me. Do you have your <laughs> annual? Do you have an annual review? I do. That you I do. Um, <laughs> I give engagement surveys to my kids. How engaged <laughs> are you today? Uh, no, I don't. But the woo in me, I mean, truly. The like, woo in you wants to. The woo yeah. in me wants to. I tell my husband all the time, I'm like, I'm, sometimes you got to be the bad cop, man, because my woo really just wants them to like me. Yes. Yeah. And that's something I have to like say. They can like me up until now, you know, up until this much. And then I got to play mom. Right, right. Um, but just realizing and identifying my own strengths and how they come uh, to fruition in the motherhood role has been eye-opening. Yeah. And, and it's really helped me um, understand where my motivation comes from, where my expectations come from. It, it, again, Maximizer. I think I'm most known for – I talk about Maximizer the most. Mm-hmm. But I'll be honest. When my oldest was in kindergarten mm-hmm. – I was frustrated by how long it took for him to write things. (laughs) And I could never be a homeschool mom. I could tell you that. Nope, that's not for me. I don't have that patience. That well of never-ending patience is not in me. And it it made me realize, like, you have to slow down and that learning to write the alphabet Mm -hmm. is a process. And Mm -hmm. it's not going to be perfect. And there's a learning curve, Kathy. So give patience for the learning curve. I mean, I literally right had to have that had talk have, with yes. yourself. Yes. Yeah. And and I realized, oh my goodness. Otherwise, I think if I didn't have strengths language, I don't know how I would have processed that in right. myself. Right. But I realized motherhood will be a constant throttle of mm-hmm. your maximizer yeah. to allow the learning curve to happen. Yes. 
Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I have to do the same thing with deliberative. Right. Deliberative has been my biggest challenge, I think, in parenting because I think I said this about it when we did the introduction that it's made me good at my job and it's a, you know, there's a lot of upside to deliberative about, you know, risk assessment and management and avoidance. But I also, we won't go on this tangent, but I'm also, I love the Enneagram, which is the mm-hmm. whole numbers thing. And I'm a one perfectionist. So perfectionist and deliberative together, I, you know, I see the problems all the time. And there's an, I can't imagine a worse way to be parented <laughs> than, oh, look at this worksheet where every single thing you did was exactly what you were supposed to. But this one problem that you made a mistake on is the one I'm going to ask. That's the one I want to ask you about, right? What happened here? How come you didn't figure this out? Let's go over this and make sure you understand this. And I would completely ignore the 97% of the rest of the thing that was done. Mm -hmm. What a horrific, that's awful. Like no one should have to be in that environment. So I have for sure had to get a dial in on Mm -hmm. my deliberative. And when I walk in the door at home, turn it off as best I can. (laughs) (laughs) It's very hard. But um, and again, without the sort of strengths awareness, I think I mean, I would have seen it because obviously we have other names, you know, perfectionism. And you know, there's other ways to talk about it. But but the deliberative piece through strengths lens really helped me recognize it and not be so negative internally myself, right? It, instead of me saying, oh my gosh, you're a terrible mother because you want to do that. It was, oh, right. That's my deliberative. I love deliberative most of the time, but boy, I need to rein it in mm-hmm. as a parent. And so how do I, how do I figure out how to do that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so managing those dials and our yes. parenting roles, yeah. very important. So it is, there. those are the two big components of this, right? We have to learn our own strengths and manage our own strengths about how we show up to the task of parenting. But then we're also navigating strengths that aren't done yet, right? They're emerging, right? We're, we're trying to figure them out and watch for them. And how do we support them and nurture them and, and recognize them and work with them? And, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, I feel like it's a much more dynamic process in parenting than it is in adult, adult relationships, because often that stuff is kind of already set, so to speak, and and you're dealing with a more known entity. And with kids, it's it's kind of all over the place all the time. And it's a moving target. Um, so it's, I feel like it's a little bit more, a uh, little bit more work yes. <laughs> to, to do it that way. Right. Yeah. And that maybe that work is what makes it so rewarding when mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. when we finish this game of you know, <laughs> when we finish this process. Oh my gosh, do you get to finish? Do you finish? Well, I don't know. Do you? I don't know. I don't I'm know. thinking at 18, like I get a birthday present on their oh, birthday. Oh, yeah. I don't. It's I don't, over. No, I don't know. Not. I don't think that's how it works. I don't think it is either. Darn it. Uh, so yeah, strength spotting. Let's talk about strength spotting. We see these talents coming through. Do you have examples of maybe clients or mm-hmm. families that mm-hmm. you've worked with where you would see um, great harmony happening? on mm-hmm. some strengths and maybe not so great harmony harmony happening mm-hmm. in families. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, again, once you read about strengths and learn about strengths, it's hard not to see them, uh, you know, everywhere you go and in things that people will say, you know, just organically, you hear it. And, um, you know, people say, I like to think about the future, or I like to think about things, uh, or I like to, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, and we can automatically attach that to a you know, to one of the strengths categories and then sort of file that away. Like, oh, that's, that's there, right? I see that. Um, I know in my own, you know, in my own family, I have 
my youngest, who were pretty evenly divided in our household. I have a mini me and Ron has a, has a mini me. And so that makes it a little more simple in our households. Like I see behaviors in my youngest and I think, Oh, I know, I know what that is, right? That's your woo monster. Like mm-hmm. you have it. And there it is. The he cannot sit in a classroom at a table with other children. You know, he just can't. In fact, Ron went to school one time with him and he was in a desk at the back of the room by himself. And of course, for Ron, that was like, oh my gosh, that would be mortifying. Like yes. he, he couldn't survive in that kind of environment. Because <laughs> he needs to woo people. <laughs> and he said, why are you why are you back here in the back of the classroom by yourself? And I kid you not, he, <laughs> my son looked up and said, dad, it's me. She'd put me in the hall if she could. <laughs> I talk to everyone. <laughs> so, and that's part of their raw It talent, is, right? right? And I'm like, ooh, woo and communication. There we are. Exactly. So, yeah. And that's going to one day lead him to be an incredible communicator that's very influential. Yes. We say we hope he uses it for good and not for evil. So, yeah. <laughs> we no, all want them to. But it's there. And it is raw. And it's, um, I think, sometimes easier to spot in kids because it's so natural. It's, you know, it's just so organic. It's just there. And you know, it's just, that's just who they are. It's coming from, you know, their, their nature. Right. 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 Yeah. The, the rawness of it makes it easy to spot, but also easy to get frustrated with. Oh, 100%. Yeah. From my own childhood, having input, maybe you have this same problem, Jen, Mm -hmm. as from your childhood. You know, I got in hot water often about having a messy room because I had my collection of mm-hmm. rocks over mm-hmm, here and my mm-hmm. sticker collection was over here mm-hmm. and my pencil collection was over there. And the, you know, like it went on and, and on, on and, and on and on and, on. and, and all yeah. the papers and all the, you know, little tidbits that I would yeah. cut out yeah. and like my input in its raw form kept everything. Yes. Did you have that yeah. same thing? Well, mine was a little hampered because I have a mother who's very intolerant of oh. any of that. <laughs> okay, so you in your environment was very controlled. Very controlled. And she okay. couldn't stand knowing that my room was messy. And so she made sure that it wasn't. So I don't know what my room really would have looked like if I had been just allowed to have a room. I think it would probably look like my youngest sons who does exactly that. He, really? There are rocks everywhere. There's art supplies everywhere. There's Everything, everywhere. Stuffed animals. I don't even know. I've lost count of the stuffed animals. It's outrageous. The the young Kathy thought if I had two of anything, it was a collection. Oh, yeah. Right. So one sticker was just a sticker, but two Mm -hmm. was a collection. A collection. And so I had lots and lots of collections. And I still have a lot of my collections. Matter of fact, like this is like, this is a, this is a glimpse of excellence that we talk about in strengths. Mm -hmm. Like my pencil collection just from my childhood just went to school with my second grader as no. part of her school supply kit. No, it didn't. It did. <laughs> I had pencils from my 1989 oh my field trip to the missions in Goliad. No one knows where that's at. Who's yeah. on this podcast? But if but, you're a South Texas person, you, <laughs> you do. know. You know where it is. Um, and I had purchased like five or six pencils and never used them. Oh my god! They were in mint condition and they went to elementary school. Like I gave my entire collection to like, it's finally gone. And it's That's being a little surprising, right actually, that you were able to part with it and, well, and let it go. Let me tell you, 
these days. Do you struggle with that? I do. I do. I do feel like, where are pencils in my house? No. um, But, you know, I realize the energy from input comes whenever you use your resources. So the output, that's my maturing of my input, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I wanted to collect everything as a child. And now I realize using my collections and utilizing my resources is the mature strength. Yeah. of input and I, right. I try to give them away and use my things and I feel great that mm-hmm. they got used. What's the point of a pencil that never gets sharpened? Right. That never gets sharpened. Yeah. Right? That's not what it's made for. Right. So yeah, that's an example of me, but I think it's so easy to want to strip some of that raw talent out. And I've talked mm-hmm. with people in workshops. I'll be in a business, you know, and working with a team and We'll start talking about a strength. And one that's jumping to mind right now is competition. Mm -hmm. And I'll have a person on the team saying, you know what? In our breaks, you know, they'll come over to me and they'll say, Kathy, my daughter's got competition. I just keep telling her, you know, she's in high school and she had a swim meet this weekend and she got second place and she just couldn't get over it. And it was in her, I could tell she was in a funk. And I just told her, girl, you have to figure out how to get over that. You know, you got to figure out how not to be so competitive. And basically chastising her Mm -hmm. for her talent. Mm -hmm. And I listen and listen and listen. I say, or how does she redirect it Mm -hmm. into her training this week Mm -hmm. so that next week's swim meet, she's going to be a number one. Be better. Right? Yeah. Like that's her drive. So let's not Let's not throttle it. Let's figure out helping her how to guide it and how to direct it so that it works better for her because maybe that's what's going to get her to be world class. Uh, But I think that example happens all the time. Don't you see? Yeah, all the time. And I think the the same version of that conversation, I say, let's figure out how to channel this into the light, right? Into the light side of the strength. Because I think that when the message is to throttle things or – you know, stuff them away or train kids out of that, you know, whatever the thought is. That's how, that's how strengths go to that shadow side, you know, and become the negative version of themselves because they're not going anywhere. You know, that's the, that's the message I want parents and ourselves to hear. They're not going to go away. So it doesn't do you any good to try to just shove it to the side or tell a kid to figure out how to make that stop. Um, instead it's okay, let's, what do we do with this so that we put this in the, in, into the light, right? So that it can grow and become a positive force in your life and not be something that puts you in a funk or, you know, makes you quit or, you know, whatever the, yes, whatever the case will be, depending on the strength. That's a coaching tip. Let's stop right here. Mm-hmm. Listeners, think about your kids. Think about the negative labels you would call your kids right, right. now. Yeah. Pack rat. Right. Overcompetitive. Mm-hmm. Chatty Kathy. Yeah. Bossy. Bossy. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that label covering mm-hmm. that is truly a strength? Yeah. It's a it's an indicator. It's a spotting. It's right. a something that's raw that with great investment could become a refined strength. But mm-hmm. in this certain area of life or the certain time and season mm-hmm. of life, it's so raw that you feel like it's unproductive. Yeah. But really, it's just a clue yeah. to strength. That's a That's an amazing idea. Well, I have a child that has ideation off the chart, I'm sure. And of course, he gets in trouble for that a lot because ideation and traditional school setting don't go together very well. He's in his head, looking out the window, daydreaming, imagining all sorts of things. He's probably written 17 movie scripts in his very short nine years. (laughs) And it would be very easy for me to say, and of course, the perfectionist achiever in me wants to say, you got to knock that off. 
You got to you, you got to figure out how to pay attention. You got to turn that off. There's part of me that wants that, right, for his own success, but I know it's not possible. Right. right? So it's how do I encourage that and say I love your imagination? I love that that is all there and I don't want it to cause problems for you. So help me brainstorm about what we're going to do about how your imagination sometimes in certain parts of your day gets in the way. And what can we do about that? Right? How can we figure out how to keep your imagination, you know, at the forefront of your life because I think it's going to be a force for you, you know, for creativity and success. But you do have to learn how to pay attention to it. And when it is in the way, you've got to learn, even at this age, how to manage that. Um, and they can do it. I mean, I think the other mistake we make as parents is underestimating what our kids are capable of. Right on. They I absolutely totally. can do more than we than They can, we and they're more they resilient than we give them credit for. Absolutely. To make a comeback. Absolutely. So my version in our household of that, uh, a recent example is she's very young. She's seven. Um, and she... I don't know what her strengths are yet, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm seeing these things. I see things blossoming, but I know that she's very much so in the relationship building mm-hmm. um, domain and responsibility. Matter of fact, she got the responsibility award, reward or, or award. <laughs> she got the responsibility award this year, but there has been a time in her life and her schooling life where she came home crying one day because her teacher doesn't smile enough. And it wasn't the word. She just said, she never smiles. She never smiles. I said, wait, did you get in trouble today? You know, and I'm asking the questions, trying to explore how her day went. And she was just very upset because her teacher never smiles except at adults. And I thought about it. I thought, you know, I think that Miss Responsibility, like I think she's got some responsibility. I think she's got some empathy. And maybe her teacher is having a bad day mm-hmm. and she is taking ownership mm-hmm. for her teacher's she's- well, she's feeling it. And she's yeah. feeling it, right? She's transmitting it. And so she comes home feeling sad. And, you know, hello, Kathy Kirsten's <laughs> empathy is number 34. So I'm like, girl, get over it. <laughs> no, I didn't. Move along. I'm, right, exactly. It's not your problem. But it made me realize that, okay, we can't, I can't go there. So I had to say, you know, I thought about it. The strengths coach mommy said, okay, you know, you're right. You know, or maybe she's going through something really hard. And this is where my belief comes in. So immediate mm-hmm. thing was, let's pray for her. Mm-hmm. And my number two thing is, is like, let's do something nice for her. Mm-hmm. Let's fill her bucket. Mm-hmm. We talk about how full is your bucket all the time at my house. Let's do, write her a note and tell her how much you appreciate her. Or let's take her a piece of candy or something. Like, let's help her have a good day mm-hmm. tomorrow, or at least be a little light in her day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that gave Dar- Darby, my daughter, a plan to sort of makes an influence on it. But I thought, oh, man, we're only seven. And yeah. we're h- picking up on people's emotions like that. That's Because yes. yeah. I'm tone deaf. Right. Emotions. So <laughs> it's going to be an interesting teenage year. Oh, teenage years with this one. But yep. yeah, that's our example in our house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Strength spotting at its best. Okay, so Gallup does give us tools. At that 10-year-old level, that's mm-hmm. where you can introduce Strengths Explorer. Right. And they have a broader brush version of strengths finder right, 12 or i think 16 it's 10 or 10, or yeah, 10 yeah 10 words 10. the 10 strengths and i had my 10 year old take it and he's a discoverer competition 
presence person. Mm. And so we are trying to pour into those strengths, mm-hmm. right? Uh, competition, he's in things. I mean, you can't turn competition off. I mean, Mm-mm. he competes on everything, mm-hmm. not just when you put them into organized oh, yeah. competitions. No, it's everything. It's there all the time. Who can brush their teeth the fastest? It's, yeah, it's, it shows up everywhere. It's yeah. everywhere. Uh, but, you know, I think one of the wins we did for him recently is allow, or encouraging him, not allowing, but encouraging him to to do the, the UIL competition for oral reading, mm. right? We played on his competition. We played mm-hmm. on his his uh, presence because mm-hmm. he loves to be in front of people. He gets that from his mom. Mm-hmm. And then he, <laughs> he has that discoverer piece of like, I want to go learn something new and then present about it and kind of hone my my presentation skills. So it was a, it was a win in the strength-based parenting bucket. Um, when he didn't win, I think he was a little bit disappointed Ooh, yeah. but he got second place oh, and yeah. his team the school team won so he oh. found that as his win yeah. so it was really like a That's really good. great thing yeah otherwise you know um sometimes i have to have, i have to have a reminder to myself keep keep his strengths in focus and don't get so frustrated the fact that organization or caring are not in his top three yes yeah. why don't you care about your sisters right right where's your homework you lost it again for the third time where's oh your shoes goodness. you lost your shoes for the yes. third time this week yeah. <laughs> I just got a I just got a notification the other day of missing homework that I know was done because I helped him do it, <laughs> and then I get the notice and I'm thinking like how does that how did I, where did I it saw it in your backpack like how does it not make it to, we still haven't found it who knows maybe we never will <laughs> it went into the and that's black so hole. not me right and so right. I have to do the same thing right yeah. those are my strengths those are my gifts his are different um, you know you're not trying to raise you. You're trying to raise them. It's true. So, well, let's talk about um, pouring into the positive side of this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe some uh, positive parenting tips on how to really help kids discover and explore their strengths. What tips do you have? And I'll share some too. Sure. Um, I think opportunity is is huge. Right. Give us an example of like Um, what an opportunity might be. So you know, you notice your kid doodles all the time. Instead of just noticing that and thinking, oh, they like to draw, go the step further, right? Would you like to take a class? Would you like to, let's get on YouTube and see what's on there that you could, um, you know, invest some time in that, right? It, I think it is helping kids learn how to be intentional about following their own inclinations, right? Mm-hmm. Recognizing those things that we can encourage that and also create space for that. Um, for them. I think a lot of parents fall into the everything's scheduled and everything's set. And then they look at their lives and realize, oh my gosh, we don't have a lot of margin here for kids who, again, are developing all the way up to age 25. We have to have margin in our children's lives for them to explore those things, because I think that's how strengths get discovered and noticed and and recognized. Um, So I think being mindful of opportunity for that to happen is important. I guess, I mean, I can go easily to the my own struggle with deliberative about how intentional I have to be to be positive first <laughs> about things. And of course, it's the fill, fill the bucket, you know, concept, which kids blossom. They just do. I mean, we all do, but particularly kids blossom when they're being told the things that they're good at. Um, and I think, you know, that helps children identify and feel connected to and have a sense of identity and whatever their strengths are. If that's something that they're hearing on a regular basis, you're really good at that. I notice that you like to do that. Um, 
gosh, you seem to talk about that a lot. Tell me more about that. Why is that interesting to you? Or um, there's some, you know, conversation starters with kids that help with that too, instead of how was your day at school? Today, I think you can use strengths to talk differently about school. Um, you know, I ask my ideation communicator woo kid, instead of how was your day at school, I say, what made you laugh today? Um, you know, what friend of yours was did something that was funny? Uh, what did you talk about at lunch today, right? So kind of focusing on the things that would be important to him based on what I think his strengths are going to be rather than just that, how was your day? Because we all know the answer to how was your day. That's a golden fine. tip. <laughs> yes, fine. fine. That's it's useless fine. to me. <laughs> Don't tell me fine. <laughs> so, you know, asking questions, doing sort of strength-based strength inquiry helps them really solidify their identity and their own strengths. I love that tip. Yeah. That's a great one. I love the idea of margin, Jen, mm-hmm. because that's where they can experience flow. Mm-hmm. And we talk mm-hmm. about flow a lot in the workplace. Yes. When I'm doing, and I say we, as in Kathy Kirsten, in my yes. workshops, I talk about flow and getting into flow with your activities, which is that experience of timelessness and mm-hmm. losing yourself mm-hmm. in an activity where you have high performance as well as high resiliency. It's an energy investment versus mm-hmm. a train. And giving kiddos the margin allows them to experience flow. Absolutely. Whether it is opening a book or drawing or painting or mm-hmm. talking to a friend or being with an animal. I mean, like mm-hmm. their talents go beyond the full th- the 34 themes, right? And they show up differently right. um, as they come together as a fabric of who we are. So yeah, that's really important. We just made a decision at Christmas to withdraw uh, one of our kids from school primarily for that reason. Uh, There was just, I could see a real deterioration of natural desire to learn and natural curiosity. And I just felt like there was this chipping away at at that, that the, you know, lifelong learner skills (laughs) that Mm -hmm. are really important to me. Um, And what I've seen since we did that to to pull um, that kid out and homeschool is exactly what you just described, right? There's margin now. And I can't remember the last time in a traditional school setting that I came home and said, you know, how was your day or what did you do today that I got even an answer really, (laughs) you know, of that. And now my middle schooler talks my ear off when I come home. Oh my gosh, this article today that I read about this and right. And I think that only happened because he had two hours of what we call free study to just sort of explore and follow his own natural interests. And it's so interesting to see how science is coming to the forefront, how art is coming to the forefront, and things that I couldn't see before when there was no there was no margin in his day. Everything was scheduled and everything was ordered and everything was felt to him, of course, super oppressive and, um, you know, just like everything was a chore and there was no joy in any of it anymore. And it's been really rewarding to see because it was a very hard decision for me personally. I did not want to do it mm-hmm. <laughs> because of my strengths mm-hmm. or lack <laughs> or lack thereof. Uh, it's probably a better way to say that. Um so that has been nice to see that this that this margin idea and also the, you know, strengths, strength spotting and, and pouring into the things that are positive. 
I mean, the explosion that happens from a personality and mood and outlook and energy standpoint is just really reinforcing everything that strengths, you know, stands for. And we know because of that. So right. we're in the middle of it right now, still, still trying to figure that out, but I can see that piece of it already very clearly. Well, I admire you so much for doing that. Because <laughs> it seems like it's, it's crazy. Because <laughs> it seems like it's really hard and very yeah, it's intentional. A crazy. Uh, it, it requires so much intention and it's risk, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so, yeah, it is. Yeah, and yeah, you're deliberate. Deliberative people love to do. Yes. Yeah, that's probably why I said no for two and a half years. Right. <laughs> right. So deliberative was responsible for those two and a half years. But <laughs> you. <no. laughs> but it's it's done with the focus and intention of getting putting your kiddo in the place where he can do his best right. and be his best. Yes. And yeah. so, you know, that's that's the ultimate calling here of the strength-based piece. Obey your strengths. Room for strengths. Obey yes. your strengths. Yes, yes. Jen, tell me what strengths you have to obey. You, you've sort of told us about deliberative. Man, you've, you've given lots of uh, – I want to talk ter- – I want to give you the question I end all of my podcasts mm-hmm. with. You know, their strengths are something to obey, and, and it really – Gallup will say you should play to your strengths. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned in this, my strengths journey is that strengths are so much deeper than just something to play to get performance. Man, they tell us a lot about how we're motivated mm-hmm. and why we do the things we do and how we do the things we do. And they're, they're, our, they're our source of energy. What's the strength that you have to obey? Uh, I think the best, one of the best examples of that is intellection. Um, as a mom who has a career, who also writes and does other things, there isn't naturally a lot of margin, which means an election is the thing that can very easily get sort of shoved to the wayside. Um, I will readily give up sleep for it, but that's not terribly that's not healthy, healthy or right. sustainable, right? So years ago, I realized that that was a problem, right? I wasn't obeying that strength at Mm -hmm. all. And it was showing up in all kinds of ways that were very negative. So I made a decision to not work anymore on Mondays, uh, which was, you know, obviously a financial choice and a professional choice and all kinds of, there were all kinds of parts to that. But the driving um, motivation behind that decision was, I need the space. Like I need a day where I don't have clients. I don't have meetings. I don't have appointments. I don't have phone calls. You know who goes to work and little ones go to school. That's recently changed. So we're reworking this. But for years, Mm -hmm. little ones go to school and it's quiet. And if I really just want to sit at my kitchen table for two hours and just think about whatever I need to think about, I have the space uh, to do that. It felt ridiculous when I first did it. I mean, it felt so selfish and luxurious, you know, this like, who do I think I am that I could take off Monday? It's like, this is crazy. I have a wait list in my private practice. What am I doing cutting my hours back? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Um, it has absolutely been one of the best things I ever did for myself is to obey the need that I have for that time. So let that be inspiration to all of us. Jen, thank you so much for You're coming and being here today. I have learned so much. This was, we could go on for hours. <laughs> we probably <laughs> Let's could. do it at we a could. restaurant over margaritas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, man, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. It was a pleasure to be here. So glad you were here today. Thank you. 
Obey Your Strengths is produced by Geekdom Media in association with Game Day Media Enterprises. Executive produced by Lorenzo Gomez, John Garcia, and Michael Largent. To learn more about Kathy Kirsten, visit her website, kathykirsten.com. That's K-A-T-H-Y-K-E-R-S-T-E-N.com.